Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. So I have been selfishly looking forward to this interview for weeks because our guest is going to be talking about the different seasons of life as a business owner, and we're specifically going to be diving into homeschooling as well. Because my husband and I, we've decided that we're going to be homeschooling our son in a couple of years. He's only two now, so we have a little bit to go. But I am dying to pick her brain and see what it's really like to run a business while homeschooling at the same time. So in her business, our our guest helps overworked entrepreneurs and high achieving women experience fulfillment in their life and work with clarity and confidence. She also owned a brick and mortar business for many years and then transitioned into the online space. So we're going to hear about that as well. So you can learn more about her on her website, soniatompkins.com. And you can find her on Instagram, Sonia at Sonia Tompkins. So please welcome Sonia Tompkins. I'm so glad that you are here. Oh my God, Stephanie, that sounds amazing. Like you need to MC for the Oscars or something. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm super pumped to be here. Thank you for inviting me to connect and share with with you and your audience. Um, I can't wait to get into this topic too. It's so of the moment. Yeah, it really, really is. It is. So before we dive into that though, can you just give everybody a little bit of background about you, your professional career? I know you had a brick and mortar for many years, which you don't have anymore, right? You're fully online now. Yeah. So I actually have four brick and mortar businesses. Um, And I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, I actually have four of them. Um, One was a salon and day spa. That was the very first one. Um, I actually have been an entrepreneur all my adult life, like literally Um, at 18, I graduated high school and cosmetology at the same time. I went to a technical high school that was by choice, on purpose, very intentional. Like at 13, I told my parents, when I get to become a junior in high school, I want to transfer from the local high school and I want to go to the technical school because I want to be a hairstylist. Um, And they were like, yeah, okay, great. And sure enough, two years go by, don't talk about it. Then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm a junior in next year, junior year in high school. I want to switch over. And they were like, well, if she remembered all this time, she must be serious. And so I did. And uh, so when I was 18, I graduated with my high school diploma and my um, state approved cosmetology license. I was self-employed from 18 until 24. 
And then at 24, I opened my own day spa and salon. Um, and then from there, um, I accidentally started a boutique and then I opened two additional brick and mortar boutiques from there. So that was over the span of like um, from 18 till about um, 33, 34. Um, and then I transitioned um, into coaching and consulting online primarily. And that's Love what that. I've been doing. Yeah. Love that. That's great. So did you close your brick and mortars? I did. I did. So the, and people always ask why. Um, I got that was going to be my next question. Oh, okay. So, yeah. See, there we go. So I got married um, at 32 and my husband um, is military. And I told him, I don't want to get married. If you're military, I don't want to, I don't want that life. And he said, Oh no, as soon as I'm done with this term, I'm done. I'm out. And I go, okay. I was completely bamboozled and he was still in the military. So we started moving. And um, I didn't like that my businesses were in other um, either cities and or states. And I didn't get to do the fun thing that I built the business to do. I was running it. it was, they were self-sufficient. you know, sufficient. I had staff, but I was doing all the stuff I didn't want to do. Payroll, uh, you know, W-2. Like I wasn't interacting with my clients. I wasn't dressing my mannequins. And so it was like, oh, this isn't what I signed up for. It's time for a pivot um, and transition. So kind of coaching was just the very next sort of logical um, and natural flow because I was doing it anyway for free on a daily basis. When I was in my stores, people would ask me all day long, how did you start? How did you do this? Was it hard? You know, and I would just share for free because why not? Um, so once, once we closed down, I said, okay, I can do this and, and make this my, my, my main focus. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I know you have a program that teaches brick and mortar business owners how to run their businesses, how to scale them, I'm sure. So is that the main audience that you focus on coaching when you do coach people? So yeah, so for the last, um, I guess for the first six years, primarily, that is exactly who I was speaking to. Um, and that was the that was my entire online service-based business was coaching product-based boutique owners or brick and mortar um, owners. Um, but what I found um, but came, became really, really clear like in the last three, three or so years was that that was just kind of, that was, that was what people were coming to me for. But when they were leaving my coaching programs or working with me, they had experienced so much more. And I found that, oh my God, this is what I've been doing the whole time in coaching in running my brick and mortar businesses. I was always empowering women. I was always championing them to feel them, feel their best to do things they wouldn't normally do, whether it was try this hair color or try these earrings or sure you can wear that outfit. Why can't you? Let me show you how you can do that. And so that when I realized that um, and just hearing the results and testimonials from my product-based entrepreneur clients, I was like, yeah, this feels really good. Yeah, no, that makes that makes complete sense. I'm so glad that you found a group of people that you truly connect with and we're getting those incredible transformations. So that's amazing. So now I want to pivot over to our topic a little bit more, which kind of ties into your background as well. So 
I know you've been homeschooling your son for many years, but were you homeschooling while you had your brick and mortar or solely when you were online? So at the time when I had my brick and mortar, I, so when we got pregnant, I had my stores, I actually had two stores. Um, one was in the state I was living in. The other one was in a state I was not living in. Um, and I ran that one uh, with him up until he was about two years old. Um, and the funny thing was that this space was like 2,500 square feet. So it was a nice size retail space, right? Um, and by the time my son was like a year and a half, it, it was not big enough for him. So uh, the whole idea where people would say, oh my God, that's so cool. You get to take your baby to work with you and all of that. Um, that was hard for me. That was hard for me, just my personality. Um, I It's been a big transition just sharing my life with a small person. <laughs> my gosh, um, so, I can yeah, completely relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not. I am not the person who just loved children, just loves children. I just, you know, I just want kids around me all day long. That's just not my personality. That doesn't mean I don't love my son, but it's just a really different perspective that doesn't get shared a lot. But yeah, in the beginning, I did have um, my brick and mortar when he was young, when he was a, a, an infant up until um, he was about two. Okay. Yeah, that, that helps to like set the scene for where kind of your journey and your story, but I can completely relate to what you were just talking about. I, I don't love children either. I love my son more than anything in the world, but I love my nieces and nephews, but that's kind of where it ends. I'm, I'm kind of yeah, like, yeah, like, I love, like, I will do anything for, you know, for him, I would never and I don't mistreat children. But the funny thing is, I come from a family of a lot of educators. Um, and they all hate most of my friends or families that are educators say they hate dealing with like teenagers. Um, that's kind of my crowd. I, I like the sarcastic age because I can go right back there with them. It's the two, it's like the one to five year olds where I'm going to feel bad if I tell you to shut your mouth because I would never say that. But internally, oh my God, the ticker tape that plays across my forehead with young children, it's, it's horrendous. I don't say them out loud, but I'm feeling that way. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard right now because like I can totally relate to that. Yeah. Like we would never hurt a child. Obviously, obviously no, that would no. never happen. But yeah, I like to have a conversation when the words that are coming back to me are one, I understand them. And two, it's not no, every other word. So yeah, I could totally relate oh to God. that. Yeah. Well, I was born, I was born 40, Stephanie, like seriously, like even as a young child, I was an old lady. So I, as so now as an adult and having my son when I was 35, like I literally just, it's like, I don't even, I don't play play. You know what I used to play when I was a kid? I played beauty shop and store and teacher. Guess what Sonia turned out to be in life? <laughs> yes. So, you know, so I don't know that, you know, I think the very first, the funny, a funny story is the very first thing that came to my mind when my son was born, he wasn't even all the way out. He literally still had his abdomen and legs, okay? 
And this little boy was yodeling so loud that my very first thought when my baby's head popped out was, oh my God, why is he so loud? I know. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. So not, so not parents ink material. Oh, that's totally fine. You're not alone. You are not (laughs) alone, I promise, because I agree. I'm the same way. That's, that's so funny. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people laughing right now as well as they're listening to this. So Okay, so now I want to talk a little bit about this transition to homeschooling. So was your son in like a quote unquote traditional school first and then he moved to homeschooling or how did how did that all play out? Yeah, great question. So the interesting thing is I'm not, gosh, there's like half of me that's super traditional in a lot of ways. And then there's another part of me that's like very unconventional, like not in the box at all. And so I... Going into it, my husband and I um, had discussions, especially being, you know, um, Black people in America. I mean, we just have an experience that is of our own. And we always talked about, even before we had children, that, you know, um, you, you know, you read statistics or you have experiences of your own where it's like, oh, Black, like, you know, boys are more likely to have, you know, or be diagnosed with ADHD versus other, you know, children in different ethnicities or race groups. Um, Why is that they're considered more aggressive? Um, My husband being a a black man has his own experiences. Um, And so just in males in general, for some reason, maybe we just knew, but we, we didn't really have this conversation around what if we have a girl one day, we just always seem to talk about like the male perspective in terms of like children. And so I knew, and also given just the personality of my husband, who is very like hands-on, moving, moving, always moving. My husband is super physical. He's like that stereotypical kind of like male image, if you will. Like I cut tree, I bring wood, you know, (laughs) he's that guy. And so when we did plan to have our, have a baby and we had a son, um, I never really wanted him to be a part of a traditional school setting. Now, I didn't know that I was going to be homeschooling because I don't do kids that way in case you didn't get the memo, but I just knew it wasn't going to be traditional public school. Um, I had studied or looked into things like Montessori. And so his very first experience with any type of schooling was the Montessori way, which I love because it is very hands-on, kinesthetic, it is doing, it is learning by doing, you know, and not being talked to, not being told to sit. And so that's his first experience was in Montessori. Um, And he was about 18 months when he went there, he was just going a couple of hours a day. Um, He's an only child. So that was really important to, to have other children to socialize and play with, and also get that type of learning experience. Yeah, that makes sense. We've been thinking about putting our son in Montessori too, but um, we just- I loved Montessori. Haven't yet, honestly. So how long yeah. does Montessori it's amazing. go for? It depends on where you live. Um, unfortunately, where we lived at that time, um, the highest grade level was like fifth grade. So at that time we were living in uh, Jefferson City, Missouri. And so the only Montessori schools there, there were two and both of them kind of capped right before you go to middle school. 
Um, we live in Tennessee now, and it's the same way. There is one of the Montessori schools here that is about to build, um, from my understanding, build a middle school. But in a lot of places, it's usually like maybe elementary or primary and middle school. Not a whole lot of places that I'm aware of have go all the way full to high school, but I wish they did. I wish they did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Me too. I have, I have a lot of issues with the traditional schooling system that we don't need to get into on this episode. But um, so when did you start? So what, what happened after that? So he went to Montessori when he was about 18 months. How long did he stay in there? And then what did that transition to homeschooling look like? Sure. So he stayed there um, until he was maybe three. And then we moved three and a half or four. And then we moved here to Tennessee. Um, and we put him in a Montessori school here. Um, and I, I love Montessori. Like, my gosh, it, it taught him so much. And it even taught me. Um, I didn't know at the time, but looking back, just having him experience that and seeing how they teach um, really kind of prepared me and made me feel better about homeschooling, which again, was just not even on my radar, folks. Like, I, that was not me. I was not like Laura Ingalls in my thought process of like how I was going to raise a family. And yet here I am. Um, but when we moved here, we put him into a Montessori school here. He did well. We did not have, we did not transition from Montessori to homeschooling because of, you know, he wasn't learning or he has um, a, ch a learning challenge or they were being mean. It was nothing there was no like real like, oh my God, this is a problem. And so I need to pull him out, um, which is most people are kind of looking for that to be like the, the pivotal moment. Um, as odd as it may sound, and I'm a super spiritual person and I believe in God and all these things. Um, but I really had one of those moments where, like I said, even before we had him, we talked about him not being in like a traditional school setting. And then, you know, I started noticing certain things um, that just, for me, it didn't feel right. It wasn't that someone was doing anything. It was just the atmosphere. My son was in both Montessori schools, one of five, maybe seven children who were black, brown, or a person of color in a setting of 50 or of anywhere from 20 to 50 or to 60 children. That's a problem. Nobody wants to be the only one in any setting. I mean, adults don't want to go somewhere where you're the only one or one of three, you know, of anything. And so um, I did not want him having that kind of complex. I didn't want him at that age, that, that four to six age, this is when people, children start realizing that we're different and that's okay. I have brown skin. Oh, their skin is darker brown. Their skin is, is lighter brown. Their skin is peach. You know, this is how kids describe colors. Uh, my son would be like, oh, she has peach skin. Yes. Yes. Whatever. Right. But when they start noticing that and 
it's okay because we are different and those things that make us different um, allow us to, in a, to me in a good way, allow us to get to know each other better. But then I started noticing that those things would start to be shut down conversation wise. Um, and I didn't like that. Um, and I didn't like, I didn't like the idea of what he might feel as he gets older and starts realizing, oh, I'm the one that's the different one in this setting amongst all these other people. And so that was like, that was, yeah, that was, that was kind of the thing for me. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously I, I am peach colored skin. So <laughs> I, I can't personally relate to that. I've never heard that said before, but I think that's hilarious. Um, so I can't personally relate to that, but I love that you just kind of had that awareness to put him in environments that would, how do I want to say this? Like make him feel comfortable more than anything. Right. Yeah. 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 We always want, we all want to be comfortable. We all want to feel like we belong, that we, we can be different, but not be, not feel ostracized. Right. That's a great word. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, So when you did make this move to fully homeschool your son, how did this affect your business too? Like what did, what, what did your days look like then? What do your days look like now? Like, how do you manage doing both? Because you do it alone, right? Your husband doesn't help. Is that correct? No, see, I can't, I can't even go there. Like my husband is a lot okay. of help. Okay. Yeah, okay. He's a lot of help. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't I, sure if it was okay. only you or so. Yeah. You can explain that. Well, well, let me say this. I am in charge of, so I'm the primary. So my husband is, um, federal firefighter that is his job and then he's also um army reserves which is his part-time job right so just out of sheer scheduling my husband literally is not home six months out of the year just when we add up all the time that he's gone right so because of that I am responsible and I take charge of the the curriculum and because on the day-to-day I'm doing it but my husband is here when he's not, you know, working at the fire station, he's here every 48 hours. And so when he's here, he does help out. And my husband is a lot of help just around the house, just in general. My God, when he was deployed, that was the first time I saw therapy because I was like, I don't know what other people are talking about, but I need my husband here. Okay. Cause he helps. Yeah. No, I get that. My husband, this is just a total side story, but yeah. my husband went to, he went on a trip for four days and he was gone and I was going insane for four days. I was like, he is such a massive help. I don't know how people do this alone all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And if you got somebody who doesn't help or isn't paying for you to have some help, well, that's a whole nother conversation too. That is another um, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cause what, are, what are you here for? Anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in charge of like the daily things like that. But when he is here, um, if there's something happening in my business that I want to do or that I need to do that is conflicting with kind of our homeschool schedule, he takes over. But the real great thing about homeschooling, Stephanie, um, and, and that I want everybody to know who's even contemplating it, especially given the climate that we're currently in at the time that you're recording this, is that 
you get to you get to make the schedule. Like the only time it's a quote unquote problem is when I am being when I am not giving myself the grace and reminding myself that we can do this however we want or need to do based on what is going on in our household. Yes, that's, that's so, the only time it's really a problem. That's amazing. And I want to stop there for a second because after COVID and all of these people were having to do distance, dis, I can't say it, distance learning with their kids. They, when I talked to them about us wanting to homeschool our son and they had to do that with their kids, I was like, there's no way I could homeschool. I had to do distance learning with my kids for six months. I could never do that every single day. And I tried to explain to them that it's completely different. So can you just speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So if I had done or had to do distant learn, distance learning, like what a lot of parents were doing, yeah, I'd want to shoot myself immediately. Um, immediately. I And I'm with you. I am always trying to get people to understand. Once again, that is, that was, here's how we run school in a school setting. And we're going to make you do it that same way. That's the problem with that. So um, when we talk about like curriculums and figuring out those kinds of things, I tell people um, you're, and and I was the same way. So I filled them. I had um, a cousin who homeschooled her children from kindergarten all the way till they went to college. Like, so she did that with, and I would be like, girl, uh -uh, mm -mm, what? Um, And so people would try to tell me like, you you're if you stop trying to do or if you it's not your job to try to replicate school in your home that is not homeschool that's that's you replicating school at home that's what people can't do and you shouldn't even try to because there's reasons why they have six seven hour days in traditional school And it ain't because they're learning for six or seven hours. It's because they've got to get there. We got to catch the bus. They got to get dropped off. Some children need to eat at school. Okay, we've got to take attendance. We've got to, you know, I've got to teach 20 plus children in one setting. And we are mandated to go through a curriculum by the state so that we can make sure that they pass a certain test at a certain time. We have to make sure we have butts and seats because that's how we get funded federally. So there are reasons why the school day in traditional schooling is how it is, right? There's a reason why children need to walk in line. We need order. I'm dealing with 20 kids. I need you to stop talking. I need you to stand in a straight line. That's order. But at home, you don't need to try to do that because you're dealing with one or some of my friends who homeschool have five children. I have friends who have lots of children, you know what I mean? Um, And that's still a completely different um, way of teaching your children than what's at traditional school. Yeah, so it's really about just allowing yourself to be open enough to hear that and, and take that in that you are not trying to replicate school at home. Yeah, that's You're just so teaching your children at home. 
Yeah. So can you just give an example, like how, how long does school take on, mm-hmm. on average every day? Yeah. So when he was younger, when, he, uh, so after, um, he completed that last year of Montessori school, um, he was in what they considered they had. So one of the things Montessori does is they don't generally have grades. They just have kind of like age brackets and they place children where their skill set is right? Imagine that. Imagine I'll teach you based on where you're at, not because you have a certain numerical number assigned to you. And so his teacher was really helpful. She said, this is, you know, just continue where we left off. And so at that time he was five. He was, yeah, he was five. And so that summer we just continued where he was. So from five to seven, so we're talking like kindergarten, first grade-ish, second grade-ish area, Um, The amount of time to homeschool literally was about an hour and a half. And I'm talking me following the state requirements, which is 180 uh, days per year, at least in my state where I live. It's at least 180 days per year. I think that's it. And um, these are like the things that they would learn in traditional schools. So I follow what the um, state kind of like, this is what they'll be learning during these years. And so that's what, an hour and a half. And that was getting towards like that seven-year-old, six, around the six to seven, right? Um, then we also, what I did was, since I started at the end of that school year, I just kept it going. So we did year round which I know scares people, but an hour and a half a day, Monday through Friday, and then he get, you know, they don't even notice. And it also kept me from having to deal with like what most people deal with, which is getting kids on a routine, taking them off the routine in the summer. Oh, we got to get them back on the, like, I personally can't deal with that. And my son is a Capricorn. So he thrives on structure. He don't like it but he stride, he thrives on structure. So we just kind of kept it going. Now he's eight and a half. He's in third and fourth grade, um, which that might sound weird, but that's because where he is mathematically, he's always been a little ahead. That's just a strong area for him. So math and science, social studies, he's doing fourth grade, language arts, reading, he's right where he should be, third grade. those subjects like social studies um, and language arts, they're, they're expanding now just because of where he's at. Um, and so now we're at about a strong, maybe two hours, 20 minutes in totality of school time. But then there's, guess what? The beauty of homeschooling is they also learn other things like critical thinking. Children are learning from us anyway, all the time. The idea of me, of thinking that you have to sit down with a book and a worksheet and all of that in order to school them, they're learning regardless. It's just now you're being intentional about what they're learning. I, I have so many things that I want to talk about here. So the first, since you just mentioned the intentionality, um, I fully agree with that. Like I said, my son's only, well, he's about two and a half now. And the things that he learns every single day blows my mind, even at that age. It's, he's learning more than he would any, it it just blows my mind anyway. But 
The second thing I wanted to just comment on was the routine. I love that you went year round because we are also very routinized people in our household. And I could not imagine having to do like summer break and then trying to get back into the routine of things. Like he's even, his nap times are even routinized. Like he goes down for a nap every day, 1230. And like, that's it. And we've been doing that since he was yeah. born. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that as well. Yeah. So the thing though with routines is, I mean, and I'm not a, I'm not a child expert by any stretch of the imagination, but that'll change to, sorry, Steph. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> Funny I'm not looking yeah, forward to it, but yeah, that, yeah. But it'll be, but you can also create a new routine that fits what is happening. Right. And what you guys need to happen. I personally am not the most organized person and that's why we have a routine or that's why I make sure that we stick with a routine because I'm not the most organized. I'm very like, uh, not spontaneous, but I'm very in my head. Like I know what I'm planning on doing that day. Um, but I spent 32 years being on my own. You know, I didn't have to answer or conversate or share my, what I'm doing with a, with a, you know, I had boyfriends, but they, that, you know, you don't matter. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, who are you? Um, so yeah. So to go to becoming married and then a child, you know, who, who needs to know and wants to know, well, what, when are we going to do that? Cause I want to know when I can do this, that kind of got me in that mode. So the routine and notice I'm saying routine, we don't have a schedule. We tried schedules. No, that didn't work. The, the whole, like from, from eight, from seven to eight, that's our morning you know, and then we're going to do this. And then from eight to eight 30, we're going to have coloring time. And that, mm, mm, that didn't work for me. I, I, yeah. So we have a routine where he knows, and we know that between like, I know I'm not starting to work. My work day in my business does not start until 1230. If I get to it earlier, if the day flows and I can get to it earlier, great. But my team knows, Sonia, don't even expect to hear from me until 12.30. And I only work between 12.30 and about 4.30, which is really hard for me because I love what I do. Um, I can sometimes find myself getting bitter that I don't get to spend as much time doing my work as I would like. But again, remembering to give myself grace. So the routine of a day works better than a tight schedule. Yeah, I'm glad that you explained the difference between those two. And I was also just laughing when you were talking about how you get bitter when you don't get to work all the time because yeah. I'm I'm the same way. If my son wakes up early from his nap, I'm like, why didn't you sleep longer? I'm trying to work. I'm right there, I'm right there with something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yes, exactly. So I'm glad that I'm not the only one who feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure no. we're not the only ones. Um, so BS. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. So how has your focus shifted since you started giving a lot of your time to him? Like, are there specific tasks that only you focus on in your business? I want to dive into your business just a little sure. bit before we yeah. wrap up. No worries. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I have realized that there are just, well, for a lot of reasons, not just because I homeschool or, and I have a family, but also just generally understanding how to scale in your business. Um, I don't need to be doing all the things and I don't even enjoy doing all the things, you know? So, um, 
probably about a year ago, I really got serious about, uh, it's interesting with the brick and mortar businesses, I guess because it was very tangible and physical, I knew I needed staff. You know what I mean? I had a physical location. We knew we had certain things we need to do. I knew I wasn't going to be in that store physically every day, every moment of every day. So it's like almost natural to understand you're going to need to hire employees of some sort. Coming into the online space, um, you know, it's just like, oh, I have my computer and I can do it however I want. And I think, at least for me, I didn't feel it was as important to have a staff in the first five years. I First four years, I did not. And then around year four, um, I started working with a VA who has been with me now for three years and is now my online business, you know, uh, operations manager. Um, and then we hired a couple other people. So I primarily do the things that they cannot do. They cannot show up and coach for me. Um, I know some people have, you know, assistant coaches and things like that. But when I'm working with my clients who have worked, want to work with me one-on-one for life coaching and just holistic, you know, coaching, they're there for me. And so I, I don't source or delegate that out, but I don't need to, you know, come up with the Canva graphic to put on Instagram. Yeah, no. No, I, I fully resonate with that. We're, we're all about scaling and outsourcing in this world over here. So I can completely <laughs> relate to that. Love that so much. Um, and I think that's really helpful for people too, who are thinking like, how can I manage all of this? Like, how can I manage homeschooling? How can I manage running my business? And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, your big tip is to delegate, to get help, right? Yeah, to get help, but also design your business around the life that you want. Um, that one is really huge. Like I, sometimes people, we can create a vision for a type of business and and not even really be fully aware that that's not even really our vision. It's maybe just what we were impressed with. Maybe someone else did it. We admired that that looked great. Um, and nothing's wrong with it, but then you have to really get clear. Is that really what I want? Like, I don't want to manage a staff of eight people, 10 people. I don't want that. That's, that's not what I came into this for. Um, and so I, you know, on a business end, but also in, in my life, I have been self-employed because I enjoy having the freedom to do things that I want to do. I have the freedom to choose to homeschool because I did not have a situation where somebody said, well, you have to be in this space for X amount of time. So then why at some point I started seeing that I was creating, I was making myself a disgruntled employee in my own business. And I talk about that a lot, <laughs> like on my blog, you know, you will turn yourself into your most disgruntled employee by not building your business around what you really want for your life. Your business should not, your life should not come second to what's happening in your business. It's the other way around. So I'm fully aware now and I'm okay with, I get, I'm going to work 15, you know, I'm going to work 20, maybe 30 hours a week. That's what I get right now. Um, make the most of it. Um, Cause guess what? I do want to, he's homeschooled, but guess what? With our schedule and my husband's schedule, we can go to Disney world on a random Tuesday through Friday in September 
or in October when everybody else is at work and at school, because we can do that. But we can't do that if I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to work as much as I can, you know, because because I can. Well, then I don't have I'm not doing I'm not experiencing the life that I that I designed the business for. And that's why we are entrepreneurs in the first place to actually have that life that we want, not to be working all the time. We can go work at a traditional job if we yeah. want to work all the time. There's plenty of people that will hire you to yes. do that. Yeah. And not so have this all is, the responsibility. Exactly. Yes. That's another big one. That's another really big one. So this has been such a great conversation and I'm sure it's going to help a ton of people out, but I know you, do you have something you want to share with the audience? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Stephanie. Like, this was really fun. I love diving into just, you know, the real stuff, like, like stuff that's happening behind their business, right? Exactly. Um, so I really appreciate it. it. Yeah, it gives me a place where I can flex this and just, you know, really share the, the, the things that, like I said, they aren't, you know, showcased in Parents Inc. and all those other kind of like, oh, this is 10 ways to be the best parent, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm um, doing none of these. <laughs> I'm a what? <laughs> what? You said like compost, like that's a, I love the concept. I'll let you know when I get to it. <laughs> it can but, never happen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I do have something for your guests as well. Um, if any of your guests or audience members really connected, like with this topic, um, I would love to go a little bit deeper with them. I have a free mini masterclass where we kind of, I deep dive a little bit more about how to actually design your business around your life so that you can do all these things, whether it's homeschooling or, you know, you want to trick the world or whatever, make sure you build that business around your life and not feel bad about it. Like give yourself a lot of grace. Um, so for those who are interested, they can uh, grab that free mini um, masterclass over at soniatompkins.com forward slash BTB for, you know, behind their business. Love that. Thank you so much. I'm sure that people will go and grab that because again, it's so crucial to make sure, especially if you're in the beginning stages of business, start right now with building it towards the life that you want. You don't want to build this massive business up and then have to burn it down and restart over again. So um, that is so helpful. So thank you for sharing that. And if they want to connect with you, where's the best place to find you? Is it Instagram or somewhere else? Yeah, so I'm everywhere um, at Sonia Tompkins. Sonia, by the way, is spelled with a J, not a Y, because uh, I get that a lot. But Sonia Tompkins, Facebook, Instagram, um, even YouTube. So yeah, you can always find me any of those places. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing this and go connect with Sonia. Go tell her hi. And thank you again for being here. Thank you, Stephanie. This is so awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.